What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Maylari. Tonight, yet again, another special episode. I got Dan, the man from Hasbrook Heights, Barons, back in the studio for a second week in a row. And then also to my right, I am joined by John Desuera, BC Hockey, BC Basketball, BC Baseball, BC Athletics super fan. Appreciate you both coming to the studio. How are we doing tonight, JD? Doing great, Joey. Yeah, thank you for having me on so often as you do. Such a pleasure, isn't it? It really is. It's my. It's, it's a pleasure on my end, though, truly. It's great having JD in the studio. Pleasure's all mine, Joey. <laughs> and Dan the man, how are you doing tonight? We're doing great, doing great. Uh, big uh, big BC win uh, just happened. Uh, yeah. Psyched about that. Huge one in the Beanpot game against UMass Amherst. BC found themselves down 10-2 in that game. Yeah. Come back at a big win. I was from 13-2 in the last six innings. I was very, I was very surprised to see them down only like 10-9. And I was like, what? I thought they were just down by eight <laughs> runs. A five run uh, spurts here and there. Five, five uh, run you know stretches. And that makes a big difference in the game. Northeastern had a tough loss to Harvard. I was actually hoping it was Northeastern versus BC for a finals game. Uh, since I didn't get to go to the game last week when they played each other two weeks ago. Now since I had a midterm. So... Unfortunately, I didn't get to see BC play Northeastern again, but hey, it's okay. What can you do, right? That's how it goes. <laughs> Would have been sick, though. Would have been nice. Seeing Mike Sirota, my boy, against BC. Would have been cool. But anyways, it's not, you know, it wasn't in the cards, unfortunately. But BC gets a big win. They'll be playing next week against Harvard. I'm not sure where that game will be. Uh, they haven't really announced yet uh, where the finals game will be. But we'll see how it goes. Obviously, I'll keep you guys posted about that. I'll probably break down that game more. Didn't really get to watch. I'll probably check the highlights, you know, both games, and then give my takes on that. Didn't really get to watch either one, unfortunately. So... Do that at some point. But tonight, our agenda will start off. We'll talk about a big intramural flag football win last night. Both of them were in the in the game with me, all three of us coming out victorious with a big win. Recap that game, give you guys a quick breakdown on that. Then we'll move into the MLB, talk about the Mets, the Red Sox, how both of those teams have been playing, and then talk about baseball in general. And then we'll jump to the NHL. Obviously, there's four to five games left in the season, so the playoffs are just about here. So we'll give you guys our thoughts on how the Islanders and the Bruins have been playing as of late. And the J.D., Red Wings fan, I know the Red Wings have been struggling, but maybe we'll talk about the Red Wings for a minute, even though he said he did not care to talk about them much. So, we'll see. But, we'll start off with a big intramural flake football win last night. It's a 7-on-7 seven seven league. We only have five guys to start the game. JD's late. We're down a guy. Down two guys, I guess I'd say. We really only had six. We're playing 5-on-5 five five for the first five or so minutes of the game. Didn't have a pass rush really much at all because... JD's just different out there in the defense. Yeah. You were filling in nice on the defensive line, Dan, but yeah, JD's I, I just was, nuts. I was out there. I had no idea what I was doing. I don't know how JD gets the quarterback so often, but I was I was trying my best. But you just gotta just, find a way. Our, our defense was not cutting it when I was when I was doing it. Where there's a will, there, where there is a will, there's a way. How do you do it? Right, What's, What's your yeah, technique, JD? Yeah, tell us what your defensive line strategy is. All right, all right. So I, I look at the player's shoes and I just run to them. There you go. Just run right at them, huh? You know, always got it. Look where, where where are their feet going? You know, <laughs> True. Where, where, they can't go anywhere without their feet. That's You're right. right. Keep an eye on those guys. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it seems like every single play they end up like on the ground. So yeah, JD just <laughs> gets in there, bull rushes, and everyone's on the ground, including you. Actually, last night a couple times you were down. That's right. That's you made right. some big plays though. JD was great. Uh, on the pass rush, we really needed him out there defensively. What I just try to do is just try to close him down as quickly as possible, make him get that throw off soon before any of the guys are ready. Yeah, we actually, you, you did just that on one of the last plays of the game. You got in there within a second and a half. The quarterback's on the ground, the center's on the ground. <laughs> you were even on the ground with Graza to pick six, but it came back because of uh, tough roughing the pass. Allegedly. 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 I don't know, those guys were kind of soft. <laughs> Allegedly on the roughing the pass call. But hey, we got the win though regardless. And then if you look at our offense too, our offense, we struggled yeah, the first couple drives. Fire on all cylinders. Yeah, we picked it up, we picked it up. Definitely. We struggled on the first couple drives on offense. We did. And then yeah. we were down 13 nothing to actually, or 14 nothing to begin the game. 13. Right? It was 13-0, 13-0 to begin the game. We gave up two scores right away actually to stop the game, which was tough. So we down 13 nothing, and then the offense really just locked in. We didn't, we didn't even give up a score after the first two possessions. I think we forced mm-hmm. – we had six or five pickoffs and probably two or three turnovers and downs in the last eight possessions mm-hmm. of the game for them. Yeah. I had three picks. Graza had two picks. Graza had really three, but as we said, the alleged pass, pass, uh, rough of the pass call took that back. A lot of big pass breakups. Graza had a hell of a game. You want to think it out of a guy like him, though. Graza had a huge <laughs> game. Graza played great. Graza had some big plays on defense. He's quite the athlete. Softball, too. Yeah. So- softball is very strong, very strong. Yeah. People Graza always count well. him out, but d- don't do my guy like that. Can't count him out. Count him in, right? That's it. Can't count him out. He had some big plays on defense. You had some big plays on defense. Dan had some big plays on both ends of the ball, some big stops. Both of you guys actually a couple times ran into each other trying to make plays to, you know, to get the opponent. You guys did just Sometimes that, Sometimes you just had to, like, double-team them on, And you on dive. Defense. You launch yourselves right at them. You can yeah. make the play, though. That's all that matters, right? 
You had some big plays on offense too, Dan. You had some big catches. Yeah, I mean, once once JD got there, um, I started uh, being the only offensive lineman uh, to start the game. But then when JD got there, I was able to um, JD snap the ball, so I was able to roll out on offense, and that became a big part of the offense. So yeah. JD was a big big game. Both of you guys to together. Which I know me and JD typically, it's one of, it's actually us three are always the ones on the offensive line typically. Last night I could not do that, unfortunately. My right knee, I don't know what's going on, but I had to, <laughs> had to persevere and play through it. First two possessions on defense, I gave up a two point conversion, I gave up a touchdown. I was coming like a 6'5, six, 6'6 six, six kid, so it was tough, tough, you know, height wise. He had a big differential on me. But having it picked on those two plays, I was like, all right, that's it. I got to lock in. I don't care if my knee hurts. I'm just playing through it. My knee was tight. I was like, I got to play through it. You guys are playing hard. I was like, I got to get the clipper in me and play hard. And I did just that. Try, I tried at least. I did do you know just as much as I could out there. So I think I picked on the, fir- the first few plays, and I said, "No, that's it." You know that was that was the end of getting picked on. So yeah, I saw JD hustling. Saw you hustling. Yeah, you absolutely locked up that guy that was six foot six. So uh, he had the he had the touchdown on me. He dezzed me for about a forty five yard touchdown catch. Took it right over me, which my hands were on. I just didn't have the vertical because my right knee, as I said, is like really tight. I don't know how to describe it, but my knee's like I, it doesn't buckle, but it's tight. I don't know how to describe it. I, it's not really a great way to put it, but either way. My knees and le- my knee and leg really aren't there 100. percent So when I got picked on the first few plays, I was like, I don't know, I gotta just lock in because I'm not gonna let up- me be the reason we lose the game because they want to keep throwing at me. So after that, I only gave up a couple catches to that kid and actually had I think three picks. One of them wasn't intended for him. One was intended for someone else. They overthrew it. And I just found it in the back of the end zone. Yeah, yeah. Ed Reed just tracked the ball and found it. Yeah. You know, wasn't intended for my guy, but. Probably about five pass breakups. Yeah, BK played great at safety. BK had a great game in, yeah. in the defensive backfield. Mm-hmm. We needed him back there. We really needed him. Usually we have a guy like Will back there that yeah. you know is is more of a, a ball hawk to get picks. BK was yeah. just breaking pass up. We needed that. Yeah, he was doing well because there are a few times where either I broke from my guy too early to the pass rush a little too soon or I just flat out got burned like one time and BK was thankfully there to knock it away. Yeah, BK, um, BK was job. great. BK was great. There was a couple plays where we got some good calls on our side. I did pass interference. The 6'5 kid, 6'6 kid on one of the last drives. They didn't call it. It was third or fourth. I think it was fourth down. They didn't call it. Probably could have. I did tell the kid I was passing interference because it was. I hit him early. I had no option. He was in the air already and I was behind him. So my only option was just to get good in there and just like, you know, hit him early because when he's in front of me and he's jumping, there's no way I can get around yeah, his body yeah, and hit the ball. Yeah. So he had the angle on me, so I had to just hit him early. They didn't I was gonna take the pass interference call just because Giving up a touchdown in that situation with a minute and a half to go would have been too hard. But then we ended up getting the ball back with a minute and a half to go, down by whatever it was, four points. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we ended up coming. It was 14-12, but down two points. And we ended up coming back. And yeah, we had a couple yeah, big yeah, four yeah. down we conversions. Yeah, BK had some big, catches, uh, big throws out there. You had some big catches. Uh, I had a first down catch, too, on, like, I think fourth down. I think it was four first down. And then Natoli had some big grabs himself, two or three big ones that were yeah. 45-yard plays. So... Big win overall for the boys, though, J.D., huh? That's right. Yeah, I mean, it was a good win. Uh, we had uh, four out of five guys going to, uh, going to the gym to get some ice, so they didn't know how gritty the win it was. <laughs> it was a gritty one. Me and J.D. were icing up in the mall afterwards. We had no option, right? Leg injuries on both ends. And then you and Dan collided once, and Dan, you stepped on Dan's foot or something or rolled up on his ankle, yeah, and yeah. I, he could I, use a little ice. Yeah, now all my toes look like J.D.'s, so. Uh. That's good. So that, that's, that's a win. On my toes. So that's a win, then. That's a win. Leave my toes out of it. That's how you know we won the game. But it was a big win for the boys, though, overall, winning that game 18-14. to 14, And that's stopping them on defense. They got one last possession with about 45 seconds to go. And we had some big pass breakups and big stops there. So big win for the boys. I'm proud of the way we fought. And halfway through the game, I was like, even if we lose this game, I was just happy with our effort. Yeah. One play we didn't mention was your two-point conversion that should have been a score. Dan took a kid out of his shoes. It was nuts. <laughs> he twisted him inside out. He caught the ball. His body was his back was facing the end zone, so he still had to turn up field. And you just like faked going left, you jabbed left, and then you spun and went right, and you mixed the kid out of his shoes. Great play. You had the kid completely missing. Then you reached in the end zone, it should have been a score, we ended up not getting it. We ended up winning the game regardless. So but it was a great play. What do you what do you what do you see on that play? You're just like, all right, I just gotta juke it, just try to make something happen? Because you yeah, were eight yards I- from the end zone. I mean, normally I'm not a big spin move guy, but uh, I like I like started to juke, and then I like realized that oh, if I just if I just turn 180, I think I got him. So I just tried that and it worked because I knew I had to do something because there were two guys I needed to get through. Um, and I thought I had it, and ref said that I was a yard short. Um, kind of like tried to dive in, uh, slam my head on the turf. But what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> you play hard though. I love it though. You did play with that clipper mentality, which I love. So I did. What I tell you off that play, I said after you got up, I said what was it? That two point conversion play. I said that's clipper. Did I tell you that? I said that's you a said, play. You said Kamara. Kamara. I said Kamara. I said that's that's the clipper in you. I said it was Kamara though. That spin move was filthy. But 
Anyways, that's the uh, talk of the flag football recap last night. Big win, obviously, for the boys. Uh, now we'll jump into some baseball talk. Talk about that. Dan's got to go halfway through, about 7.30. So got another 18 minutes to go. Maybe we do baseball, like 12, 13, oh, wow. 14 wow. minutes, and then five minutes of some hockey, maybe. Um, let's talk some MLB, though. Do you want to start with the Mets, start with the Red Sox? You can pick. Talk some Sox. Talk about the Red Sox. All right, so going into the season last week, we did our predictions, which I sort of put out my full predictions, and I'm going to keep them the same. I do have a whole uh, – Google Doc of what I think everyone's record is going to be. I'm not going to change it. I know we're a week into the season now. But I thought the Red Sox issue was going to be their hitting and not their pitching. It's the reverse. The Red Sox, Red Sox offense has been hot. It's their pitching that's been the issue. Mm-hmm. Starting pitching mainly has been abysmal, giving yeah. up four or five runs just about every game in a blink. They're down 4 nothing. So that's my main take with the Red Sox. Obviously, their offense has been great. Adam Duvall has been unreal. Actually leading the MLB in batting average right now in OPS in 588. Also leads the league in OPS around 1,800. So... He's been off to a great start, 1885 OPS, which is number one in the MLB. What have you seen out of the Red Sox, obviously, coming into the year? We're in a very stacked division, so most people had us around the third or fourth, mm-hmm. at best third, I guess, but most people had fourth or fifth in the division, the at least. What have you seen out of the Sox so far, Dan? I mean, obviously, their lineup has been just far better than I think what was expected, at least from four or five guys between Verdugo and you said Duvall. Devers has done what he's done over the past few years. So Masataka Yoshida. Uh, and Yoshida's been great. So, I mean, just the the best players in the lineup have been doing what they need to do. Um, I still think they do have some holes, including catcher, second base as a whole. Um, we don't yeah. know what uh, what they're going to get from first base. Um, Tristan Casas. Casas, yeah. Um, he can't hit. He's hitting 92. I mean, pitching has been brutal for them. Um, yeah. Like outside of <laughs> outside of Kenley Jansen and their bullpen, I don't think I know one guy on their in their bullpen. Um, so that's a Garrett problem. Whitlock. He's out. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Whitlock, when, uh, Ryan Brazo. When, when Whitlock comes back, uh, that'll be Josh Winkowski. Yep, yeah, yep. we're a little um, over the place in our pitching but, yeah, staff. Yeah, their their starting pitching has also been brutal to start. Hopefully they turn around it today because I have a uh, Pavetta over four and a half strikeouts. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but oh, he was great to start last season. Actually, April May he was good, and then he yeah he was kind of fell apart towards the end of the year, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, the Red Sox bullpen really for the most part been strong. Chris Martin, who they got over from the Dodgers, mm-hmm. he's been pretty good. No runs allowed in three innings pitched, with three hits and one walk and one strikeout, one point three three WHIP, but has not given up a run, which is pretty good. John Schreiber is, was a great reliever last year. Had a tough end of the season. August September struggled. Overall, this season's been good, though. No runs allowed, two innings pitched, two strikeouts, or two walks with a hit in those two innings, which has been pretty good. And then, yeah, like you said, Kenley Jensen, the only big name probably in that bullpen, pitching just one game, one inning, one hit allowed uh, with two strikeouts and a walk. So, yeah, and, yeah, and getting a win in that game. That's definitely a problem when they're starting pitching struggling to not have a deep bullpen. That's going to come back to bite them in a little bit if they can't figure that out. Um yeah, and, I'd agree with you. And I don't know if they really have much of a plan uh, for that because, I mean, sales back. Um, Struggled. Seven runs on opening day. I mean, second I like, game of the year. I like Tanner Houck, but he did get a little bit shelled the other day. But He's somehow um, the best uh, performance out of any of our pitchers. Just crazy. Side pitch, which is wild. It's crazy. Um, but he has absolutely elite stuff. So He does. Um, so I like him as a pitcher. Um, I think I had him uh, hitting uh, over four and a half strikeouts or something. Got five. Which hit, so. Um, I'm... Hopefully he can turn around because he's a good pitcher. He's great. Um, but I do think that there are some holes in that lineup. And if <laughs> if Duvall can can keep doing what he's doing, I mean, he's he's a great hitter and he's been a been a pretty solid hitter in the last few years uh, with the Braves and a handful of different yeah. teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was on the Marlins for some time. He was, yeah, twenty seven um, home runs a couple of years. Their last just struggled power wise, you know, the thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a good power hitter. Yeah, he's been a good, been a good hitter for some years. It's just I don't know, I don't know how he's going to be defensively in center. Um, yeah, especially in Fenway with that crazy triangle going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of have to have your head on a swivel in Fenway. Definitely. So, um, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, that experiment because I feel like he's more of an average fielder. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put him more as like a left fielder than a center, but. They're going to stick it out for now, and that's that's honestly not their biggest problem. So. Yeah, I would agree with you. You put it great. I think the thing with Duvall, too, is, excuse me, you look at the offensive production. He has 588. That's not going to last all year. He's going to – he's only struck out three times in 17 at-bats, which isn't that much for a guy that's a power that mm-hmm. strikes out a good amount. So his power has been great. His offensive production has been great. you got to think at some point, obviously, it comes down with more at-bats, although I love 588. It's not going to say 588 <laughs> the whole season. So you're right. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a fact. And then also you look at Alex Verdugo. He's been great out of the leadoff spot, yeah. which – in February, when I did my lineup prediction, I think I had Verdugo as the leadoff hitter right before spring training because I said 
I think Verdugo is the best guy on this team to be a leadoff hitter. I don't. I didn't see. Nope. I didn't see Kike being a leadoff hitter. I know last year they tried many guys. They tried Kike. They tried Arroyo. They tried uh, never seen a Bogats really, but they tried everybody in that lineup. Plus, Jaron Duran, Trevor Story, actually a couple games, but Jaron Duran was in there for three weeks, probably trying the leadoff spot. Kike probably about four weeks. They tried everybody possible to mm-hmm. be the leadoff hitter. They just could never find it. And I always thought. Give Alex Verdugo a legitimate chance to be the leadoff hitter and end up working out. Look at him now. He's hitting 421 to begin the year, an 1134 OPS, a home run, four RBIs, adding in a 450 on base percentage, four runs scored, eight hits. I mean, he's been great and a triple on the year. So Verdugo's been great. Yeah. Proud of the way he's been playing. He brings a lot of swag into the game, yeah. uh, which, you know, I'm a big fan of. Uh, but you put it, you pinpointed it perfectly. The first base and the second base position still are wary. You have Casas, who's hitting 182. You have Christian Arroyo, who's hitting .083, 083. He's one of twelve on the year. Brutal. Yeah, I mean whatever you can get from the from the catching position, honestly, offensively is a plus because I don't know what their plan is there with. Them. Yeah, Reese McGuire. <laughs> Not a big Reese McGuire guy. They got Yu Chang starting at second base with uh, second base tonight. He was actually great in the uh, World Baseball Classic. Uh, he was the MVP of I think it was Pool A. So we'll yeah, see what happens okay. tonight. Obviously, hopefully. Uh, he gives the Red Sox some juice to that lineup. They obviously could use it. Um, they will be playing tonight at 7. Uh, oh, 7. I think it's beginning just about now, if I remember right. So, see what I think it was 7-10, actually. All right, here we got top of the first inning, two outs. So, we've already begun at Fenway Park. But he did get the start at second base tonight. So, okay. Changing it up a little bit. Uh, yeah. Like mixing it. up the lineup, why not? I like it because Arroyo's been struggling the last few he years. He has. So. He has only one of 12 on the year. Striking out four times, those 12 at-bats, too. Uh, and the cost is six strikeouts in 11 at-bats. So that's Ooh, been tough. That's that's tough. That's can't tough have that for him. Um, need, I mean, need I'm, a, him. I'm a big uh, Bobby uh, Dahlbeck fan. Dahlbeck's my boy at? too. Yeah, Triple A to start. Same with Jaron Duran. I'm a big Jaron Duran guy, and he's another one started in Triple A, unfortunately. So hopefully Duran's up soon. I, I love Duran. I thought he played very well in spring training. Thought he could have got that last spot over Mel Tapia, but mm-hmm. Tapia ends up getting that last spot. Maybe more experience, obviously, and uh, is a lefty hitter as well, but. Has a little bit more juice, probably his bat, uh, more pop off his bat than Duran does. Even though neither guys were a power hitter, but yeah, I think I think maybe they probably thought Tapia could maybe hit into more holes without the shift. Obviously mm-hmm. now than uh, what Duran would be doing, but I like Duran more. I hope hopefully Duran will be back up soon. Yeah, I know, I know you know you're rooting for both. Definitely, he has some pop. Which Duran and Senna. <laughs> yeah, my yeah, boy. Would definitely, would definitely uh, help that lineup. Uh, have some more depth if, uh, if they can work him in. Definitely, um, if he can do well in Triple A to get back up there. For sure. Um, so now we'll jump. That's obviously a good, great talk about the Red Sox. Let's jump to the Mets. I know you got to leave in about ten minutes I'll or so. Some, so I'll talk some uh, Isles and Rangers to, to get Isles? this to JD in. Yeah, let's, all right, we'll talk some Isles Rangers. Let's talk I some was, Rangers. I was sitting out a little bit. We're skipping out on the uh, talk about the Red Sox. Specialty Isles Rangers Bruins. Let's talk about it. You give us your thoughts, JD. And right. so, what do you got? Any of those teams? Any team in general? You want to talk Devin Levi? We talk anything you want. Well, we can talk about your boy Levi. Devin Levi made his debut actually the other night. Got a win over the Rangers. You're a New York Rangers. He beat, unfortunately, all the time. But I'm happy for the guy. Yeah, it was great. He was great at Northeast. Oh, I know you were a fan yeah. of him in the World Juniors oh, a few years ago. Always the guy. think he's got a very bright future out of him. I would agree with you. I thought right away he could step into the NHL and be a top 10 goalie uh, with his ability. That's with the Sabres? Right? Sabres, yep. yep. Buffalo was drafted by uh, the Panthers, and they traded him over to the Sabres since they had Spencer. And Spence he's right what Buffalo needs right now. They need a goalie. They're yeah, getting up they six or seven do. goals a game yeah. a couple couple games in a row, so... Mm-hmm. He's been great. He's they, been great. The, and the Buffalo fans need something to cheer about, too. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, they're borderline playoffs right now, and I don't think they're going to end up making it, but um, they could be a very good team in the next two, three years. They have some great players like Tage Thompson, Darlene, Tage Thompson. They got a Dylan lot of Levi. Cousins. They got a lot of, they got a lot of yeah. uh, good players, young players. Dylan Cousins is his name, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, he's good. He's a very solid player. Um, and then they... <laughs> They got a, they got a few good players on that roster. Did, they don't have an aisle over there. Didn't yeah. Um, geez, Kiefer Bellows, uh, either. They got no, no, no. no they no. got uh, Akposo. Yeah, that's what they got. Wilder. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's their he's their captain, and he's like their fourth line winger now. Uh, doesn't doesn't offer much, but he's like the only veteran on the roster, so he's kind of got to be a captain for him. Um, John, what do you think about the what do you think about the Rangers? I think they're they're turning up. They're they're looking hot. They're putting together a nice squad. They're winning games. They're fun to watch. You know, you got to love them. What do yeah. you think of that Patrick Kane trade? My fault didn't interrupt you, Dan. What do you think of the Patrick Kane trade, though? Well, I think it showed that the Rangers are definitely going all out this season. 
They made a very good good run last season. They're hoping to improve on that and take that next step further. And and I can Kane do it? I hope can, so. Can he? <laughs> I hope so for your sake, right? Turn back time. He's got That's three right. three rings to his belt. So yeah, I mean they traded for traded for Kane, traded for Tarasenko. I mean they're really going all out, and those top two lines are. Very elite with they got Zabanajed, they got Panarin, Panarin. they got Kreider. <laughs> that that power play line's nuts. <laughs> JD is Patrick a, JD's Kane, a big, JD is a big uh, Panarin fan. Panarin's a boy. Man. What do you like about him? He's Russian. He's, ha- he's got some good hair. <laughs> he's got he's got soft hands. Great you know? handling. <laughs> he yep, loves yep. finding that that extra pass, but he he's a, he's a sniper too. Yeah, every year's an all star too, just about. So yeah, I mean, uh, I said it earlier. Um, Outside of the Bruins, the team that I'm scared the most about is the Rangers, um, which, I mean, right now they sit at, what, like third in the East? I think it's second I mean, or third. third. Third in the Met? Third, yeah. Yeah. Second or third. And, yeah. I mean, I think Devils are a good team, and obviously Hurricanes as well, but... And that's probably going to be um, a playoff matchup, Devils versus Rangers. That's... I, I definitely favor the Rangers because, I mean, there's barely, th- there's barely any playoff uh, experience on the Devils. I mean, did... Dougie make the make the playoffs ever in his career? Dougie with Hamilton? the Bruins, yeah, he did it once he or did? twice. Yeah, a couple okay. times in the Bs. Uh, yeah, I couldn't remember. Might have with the Hurricanes too. Yeah, he probably yeah, did. Yeah. yeah. So he's he probably has the most playoff experience on that team. He did a few times. And in the Bs. I mean, maybe Vanacek. I mean, but goalie experience, I feel like, isn't as isn't as relevant as your defense and. Yeah, you uh, need to be able to score groups. too. Yeah, you need to be able to score um, in the playoffs. But I mean, uh, across their lineup, Heischer, I doubt has ever made the playoffs. Uh, Jack Hughes, I also doubt has ever made the playoffs. Probably not. So, He's I mean, young, yeah. And those are two of their top forwards on the team. I mean, they got Timo Meyer now. Meyer's but, a dog. I mean, with the Sharks, That's I don't know boy. if they've ever done anything in the playoffs. So <laughs> not really much. They made it though. Not last year, but two years ago, I think they made it. Okay. I don't think they made the playoffs last year. I think it was two years ago, twenty twenty one. Yeah. So I mean, I'm. They have a they have a good amount of young players on that roster. So I mean, if they get hot, they could be a team to watch. But I mean, I don't think that they're a team that can. Uh, double down and really um, make something happen against these good teams like the Rangers, Bruins. Um, but could be wrong, could be wrong. I was false. They didn't make it in 2021. The last time they made it was 2019. 19. Lost yeah. in the conference finals. Okay, he was on the team then. But. Yeah, I'd imagine 2019 probably, right? Yeah, I imagine. Conference finals they lost, so tough one. thought they were decent a couple of years. But hey, I mean, obviously been struggling. They're rebuilding, so it makes sense they move on from him. But he's a great goal scorer, obviously. Uh, what do you think of the Islanders? Let's talk some Isles hockey. I'll, I'll start with you. I'll let Dan get his opinion, and then I'll let the JD this is, uh, this is an interesting question, because uh, if you asked me, I don't know, five, six days ago, I would have said I'm all in. We're making the playoffs. We're going. We're, we're hitting at least the Eastern Conference Finals. But now I don't know about that, because they just lost two games in a row, got absolutely smacked around by the... Uh, Lightning a few days ago and lost two to one to the Hurricanes just two or three days ago. So it's been it's been tough without uh, Matt Barzal. I think over their last fifteen, they're probably like eleven three and two or something, and that doesn't even add up to fifteen because I can't do math. But um, they've been solid without him. But the last few games has been very tough, um, and. They've said that they could probably get him back um, just before the playoffs start. So with uh, Matt Barzell and Fusion, um, that'll hopefully take care of their uh, power play issues. And, I mean, they do have some – they have a lot of playoff experience on that roster because they basically brought back the same exact team as last year and the year before that. Um, and now you add in uh, Bo uh, Horvat. Um, and then they have a few other guys that are um, on, like, their um, bottom forward groups. Uh, they got my guy um, – Oh man, what's his name? Jeez. Um, I know it. I know it. Uh, Hudson Fashing. There we go. Wasn't gonna get him. <laughs> Hudson Fashing, dog uh, on the third line. Uh, I thought it was gonna a, be Sezikis. Pl- plays like Sezikis, though. There you uh, go. He's a very fast. Uh, although um, Fashing plays uh, right wing, but um, Sezikis, I mean, shows how deep the Islanders are, and I think the only team that can match that depth is the Bruins. Um, so definitely. I, do I think that the Isles are gonna beat the Bruins? I don't think so, but. Um, obviously hoping for it as an Islanders fan. Um, and Sorokin, I mean, he could keep the, uh, the Isles in any game. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, Definitely. But I, I do think they are going to make the playoffs. I mean, they're in, a, they're in possession too um, as of now. Um, and, I mean, unless the Panthers really make a run for it, 
Um, I think the Isles should make it, and it's looking like they will probably be against the Hurricanes um, first round. So I think, and without Svechnikov, I think the, the Isles have a good shot in that series if they, if they do go against the, against the Hurricanes. But if it's against, if it's against the Bruins, it's going to be tough. Going to be very tough. I think you have a similar take on the Islanders as I do about the Clippers. A week ago, mm-hmm. when they yep, went on that yep. run, they beat the Grizzlies 141 <laughs> to 132, gave the Grizzlies just their sixth home loss of the season. They were 33 and 5 heading into that game at home. The yep. Grizzlies gave them that loss. Russ was unreal 37 points, 7 to 7 from 3, or 5 to 5 from 3. Then Robert Covington, 27 points. He was 5 to 5 from 3. After that game, I was like, dude, we're winning the NBA Finals. I was like, I'm still locked in. They didn't have Paul George that night, didn't have Kawhi Leonard. I'm like, this is it. This team's going to win. This is just last Wednesday, mind you. Last Wednesday. So just mm-hmm. same time windows you would say, as you said. Yeah. Then they lose Friday night to the Grizzlies, 108-94 to with Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard didn't play the whole game, only played about a half, then got hurt. And then the second game of that back-to-back, they played Saturday, or away this time yet again, uh, this time at New Orleans, and lost 122-114. to 114. Brutal loss. Mm-hmm. And now we've lost two games in a row, and we find ourselves in a tough position. I think the four, five, or the five, six, seven, and eight seeds right now in the West, all 38 losses. Clippers, Warriors, Lakers, Pelicans. They play the Lakers tomorrow night. It's a big game for the Clippers, probably their biggest game of the season. Hopefully they don't come up too short. But your feeling about the Islanders is the same feeling as I had yeah. with the Clippers. I thought we would, we're at least going to the NBA Finals, yeah. if not winning it, just like you thought Eastern Conference Finals to the Islanders last week, and now both two losses in a row in <laughs> tough times. Uh, but the Isles are obviously are in a decent position still, though. You guys had yeah. a good stretch. I know you had, yeah. that, you had a tough losing streak at one point. It was over winter break or was spring break maybe, and then they went yeah, on yeah, yeah. one um, of the breaks. Yeah, I mean, they probably have uh, – I don't know what the NHL has uh, lines have them at, but they they probably have like a, around 60% chance of making the playoffs around that. Um, so, I mean, I do like their shot, especially if they can get Matt Barzell back for the last two games or so of the season because he's not supposed to be back. Um, for this week. Um, John, what do you think about the Bruins? Yeah, let's hear your thoughts on the Bees. I know you're not a big Bees guy, but let's hear no. what you think about them. You know I don't rate them highly. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on... People, people are like, they're the best season ever, winning all these games. They can win. So what? It's the playoffs. True, anything can happen in the playoffs. It's completely different. That was, that was I think the they're re- comfortably threes through the first round. No doubt about that. But no, once you get in that second round... Yeah. Once you get in that second round, the East is is stacked, and it's going to be a tough, tough series, whoever you get. Over seven games, most of these series are going to go far. They're going to be hard fought, and you, you know what that means. Yeah, anyone can win. <laughs> anyone can win, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need Wallstrom to go off and Holmstrom. Dude, you need Wall- those guys. Um, Lou Lamorello uh, uh, was on the air uh, recently, and he said that uh, – that Walsham's out for the year, which I mean, he's been is out, he? He's been out for the last. I know he's been like, out for a while. He's been out for like back. the last like three months. So I thought he was coming back. That, but uh, they they kind of just said, yeah, now he's out for the year. I, like, I thought he was done right. for the year. I thought he was coming back um, still. Jeez. But he also did say that Barzal was coming back, so it was like it was more of a good news press conference. But uh, you need Barzal back, obviously. It's bigger need. Yeah, yeah. Need I mean, him the, There's a stat that showed uh, because the Isles got Bo Horvat when they still had uh, Barzal he- Barzal healthy. Um, and in the five games, I think that they had the both of them out there. Um, I think their power play percentage was at like 35%. Mm-hmm. And before they got Horvat, it was like 18%. And without, uh, Barzal healthy, now it's back down to like 15%. So you need them. They, yeah. They need the both of them there. Need um, desperately. Yeah, Horvath was a great pickup. Yeah. You needed a goal scorer, and that's what you obviously get there. Yeah, I mean, because Barzell loves to find the loves to find the open guy, um, and hit, hit him with a sauce, whatever across and, the ice. Yeah, and, he's great uh, at passing. It's like Horvath, a magician. Horvath just finds the net, no matter what. Like he scored a goal in his, I think it was his second game with the Isles. Um, zero angle, just threw it off the goalie in. So I mean, he just finds the just finds the net. Great talent. It's a it's a skill that some guys have, some guys don't. Barzell doesn't really have it. Great talent. Uh, obviously, I don't want to hold you too much. I know you got work actually in a half hour, so it's nice of you to come into the studio. Yeah, I appreciate it. But I just wanted to, just wanted to ask, uh, yeah. who do you got in the Masters? Win of the Masters. See, I haven't thought much about it. I will, I will think about this. I'll probably give a prediction. As of now, I'm going to go Dustin feeling, Johnson. Dustin Johnson. DJ? DJ? Go. Because right. right. of Daniel Jones, same right. initials. But yeah, I'll go Dustin Johnson. JD, you got someone? You got who someone? do you got winning the Masters? 
Uh, Tiger Woods. Yeah, you said Tiger's playing, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, 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 I'm going yeah. that guy, yeah. Big long <laughs> shot, but I respect it. I respect it. I'm going Jordan Spieth, no. <laughs> Phil, Milk- no, Phil Tiger, Mickelson, Tiger, no. Tiger, Tiger. Tiger, Bubba Watson. All right. Tiger Woods, what do you got, Dan? Who do you got? Um, and then Seamus Powers, my boy. I got him finishing top ten. That's my dog. <laughs> Irish coffee's a beast. Who do you I, like, uh, I like Max Homa. All right. What's the odds there? I didn't see his, but... I think he's got, like... Eighth, ninth best odds. Okay. Uh, I think they rank him like number four in okay. the PGA rankings right now, but I think they give him eight or nine uh, best odds. I mean, because they obviously don't count the uh, live golfers in those rankings. So yeah, um, should be fun. We'll though. see. We'll see. Um, should be fun. Yeah. So you got the three. You got three predictions. Tiger Woods, including. So there we go. Got Tiger Woods in there. <laughs> no, uh, good to know for some bets. I don't yeah, know what else. <laughs> yeah, I respect it. I'm looking here at uh, the NHL playoffs. The the schedule. Monday, April 17th, so maybe next week or maybe just before, maybe even that Monday night, we can maybe get in the studio, maybe we can record something then and give our predictions. Maybe, or even that weekend, yeah. we can figure it out. Yeah, That'll be I actually Marathon Monday. That'll be Marathon Monday, so Ooh. maybe maybe <laughs> that's mind, Sunday. Maybe that's Sunday, but we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, yeah. we'll find a time. Yeah. You know, JD always, always finds a time, which I appreciate, so thank you. Well, thank you guys for coming in. Much appreciated, boys. Ozzy Dan's got a big work shift coming up, so it means a lot you coming in. Same thing to you, JD. Thank you for coming in. It means, means the world, so I appreciate it, boys. Dan runs the gym like no other. The absolute legend. Uh, thank you, boys. If you appreciate need a locker it. open, he will open it for you. <laughs> he will. He finds a way, but there's a will, there's a way, always. I'll be back with you guys in just one second. Going to let them go out, and then I'll be back with you guys in just about 30 seconds. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So here I am, back live in the studio, and I'm joined by... Paul from Southie, he is back in the, now it's not live in the studio, you're calling in, but back for another trip to the studio here. Paul's making another guest appearance, it's probably what, your fourth or fifth one? I think so, about four times, yes. Fourth or fifth one, so thank you for coming on always, much appreciated, how you doing tonight? So far, so good, Joe, how you doing? Doing well, doing well, it should be a good night, obviously the Red Sox, they've started, what's it, 1-1 right now? What's that? The Red Sox are 1-1 right now? No, Pittsburgh had a two-run homer. Uh, B-Man Che or something just hit Pavetta. Took him deep to the monster. 2-1 Pittsburgh. G-Man Choi. Yeah, G-Man Choi. Yeah, hit a big home run. So that's tough, obviously. But they'll recover, hopefully. Obviously, the offense has been great start of the season. Starting pitching was something we worried about. Starting, uh, starting pitching wasn't what we worried about. We worried more about the offense, and we thought that starting pitching would be good. It's now the reverse. What have you seen out of the Sox so far to begin the year? Well, I love the offense. I mean, everybody... Uh, oh, well, you're right, by the crucified. way. What's that? G1 Bay. You're right. You got it right. Oh, they said G-Man Choi. You got it right. <laughs> I wasn't sure who it was. They, they got two... They got uh, the Choi from uh, Tim Bay. That's what I thought it was when you said it, but you're right. Yeah. My fine apologies. But what have you seen out of them? Obviously, the offense has been great. Well, the offense, I, I want to I give Bloom a little credit because we're always so... Most fans are quick to crucify him, but think about it. Duval off to a great start. 588. Right? I mean, power, clutch, and his average. Um, and plus, he uh, he's a gold glove winner. I, I, I like the Justin Turner signing. I think the, the ballpark is tailor-made for him. And most of all, Yoshida. The ball just flies off his bat. Have you noticed that? Yeah, he's a, he has a great swing. He has a beautiful swing. I mean, that's the one thing that... People said it translated to be an on base machine, but I don't think anyone really saw him, you know, getting on base as much as he does with all the, you know, the the uh, hard line drives. I didn't think he was going to be that. I thought he'd be a ground ball guy, but he hits the ball hot off the bat every time. Yes, I was uh, I was very impressed with what I've seen so far. He's a good athlete. He can run. He can throw. He can catch. He hits for average and he hits for power. I, I I'd predict right now he hits thirty plus home runs for the Red Sox this year. That'd be awesome. He's already got. One to start the year. He's got six RBIs in the first five games, which is impressive. Adding in uh, a 278 batting average, 444 slugging percentage, and 825 OPS. That'll all go up. I mean, it's early in the season, so things can obviously change. Uh, high and Bloom, though, yeah, I agree with you. We do, you know, get critical of him. I still think there are some missing pieces on this roster, though. If you, you know, look at the starting pitching, I thought starting pitching would be better than it is. I know it's only one game in. There's still a lot of, you know, room to improve, and there's a lot of games left. There's still 156 games after baseball after tonight, right? So... Things obviously can go well. It could go, you know, the reverse and go wrong 
over those 156 games. There's still a lot of game and a lot of time left to figure things out. But the starting pitching has been tough. And then also you look at the holes at first base, second base. You've got to give Tristan Costas an opportunity. So I understand he's obviously been struggling, but you've got to give him the chance. Then you look at second base. The glaring hole there is Trevor Story. He should be at shortstop. You should have Kike at second. That's really a missing piece there. I mean, you can't really blame Bloom, I guess, for that injury. But I don't think Bloom's done everything right. But I, I have been more critical of him than I maybe should be considering the offense has been great. He's got to figure out the starting pitching, though. Yeah, it's been very disappointing. Every start of this bar, um, including tonight with Pavetta, I mean, giving up gopher balls. Uh, Home runs right away. Games. I mean, we're falling behind every game. Uh, what, opening day, they walked nine guys? Nine guys. That was their most since 1920-something, right? Unacceptable. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're not going deep enough in games, and we're falling behind. So, I mean, they got, you know, it's early. They got potential. I know, you know, they're all maybe Kluba, Sale, you know, the older guys. But Hauk is young. Um, Pavetta, I, I, I thought he would come up a little better tonight. And he gives up a go for ball. Uh, Wayne O'Brien Bayo. Yeah, Bayo hasn't started yet. And and I, I think the bullpen is, has been has been good. I mean, it was a major weakness last year. We, we, we lost a lot of games uh, late. Uh, but Jansen looks like he can throw. Martin's a good setup guy, yeah. Um, and middle relief guys from Schreiber and uh, Schreiber and um, Schreiber's been good. Winkowski's been eh, but yeah, you know. And um, Brazier, I know he's hot and cold, but uh, he'll be at probably least much improved. Yeah, Brazier could be potentially gone at some point. I mean, I know most people. I know Timmy Loffs, including was included, was surprised that Brazier even made it back on the team. He could be a potential guy that's designated for assignment soon, like Matt Barnes was and a couple other guys the Red Sox have had in that bullpen. But we'll obviously see what happens there uh, in the future. But as of now, with the Red Sox, the way they're playing, we can be proud of the offense. Obviously, the pitching has to get figured out. And that's why I think Timmy Loftus is up, still upset with High and Bloom, is I'm sure the starting pitching. <laughs> well, I mean, we're all upset with Bloom for not getting Bog- the Bogarts deal done. He's, he's off to a great start. He was another a home run guy. today. Bogarts hit yeah. another home run today. Do you see that? Yeah, I heard. I heard that uh, they fell behind though. They were up early, and I think the Diamondbacks went ahead. But Diamondbacks came back. They did. The Diamondbacks, yeah. I think, have the lead right now. I believe it's. Oh, the game that's, might be already uh, over. Game's good, already over. The um, major negative uh, losing Bogarts. Yeah, I mean, he was a good player, a solid citizen. Everybody in Boston loved him, and uh, they should have done better to keep him here. Yeah, he's been great. He was two for four today. With two runs scored, two RBIs, including a home run, which was huge, his third one of the year already, and also adding in a single as well. Uh, he's been great to start the year, hitting 409 so far in the first six games. The Padres only find themselves at 3 and 3, like you said. They were up today and then ended up losing that lead to the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are 3 and 3, which is a pretty impressive start to the year. I thought they'd be better this year in my predictions, which I still I said I have to record, but. Other Diamondbacks would be a little better this year, maybe not competitive, but I thought they'd be right around 500, maybe a little bit below. Uh, I feel where I had them. Maybe, maybe it was less. I can't really remember all the numbers, but they're playing better as of late. Uh, the Diamondbacks being three and three, the Padres three and three. That's disappointing. I know it's only the beginning of the season, but for a team that most people had being a World Series contender, finding yourselves at three and three and losing to teams like the Diamondbacks is tough. It's frustrating when you should beat the team. That you know you're better than on paper, but it's so early in the season. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of players haven't found their groove just yet. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at the Astros. They're they're two and three. You look at the Phillies. They have a minus 25 run differential heading into today, which is the worst in the MLB. They're still winless, even though they're up right now. They'll probably get their first win tonight. They've been very cold to start the year. Uh, they are 0-4 to begin the year, getting outscored 37-12 to in their first four games and only have one home run as a team heading into tonight. That changed, though, early in this game tonight. They got a home run in the first inning, I believe it was, off of the bat of Kyle Shore to begin the game. Shore picking up his first home run of the year. In the top of the third inning, Brandon Marsh hitting a home run, a solo shot. They're up 2 to nothing over the New York Yankees in the top of the third inning. Matt Strom's getting the stop for the Phillies tonight. Two innings giving up, no hits, no runs, and a strikeout. Oh, I like Strom. We used to have him with the long hair, right? Yep, long hair reliever. He's been doing well tonight for them. Two innings, uh, getting the start for them. 
Domingo Herman's on the mound. It's not Garrett Cole. Uh, I apologize there. Domingo Herman on the mound for the Yankees. Three innings pitched, two hits, two runs, six strikeouts with two home runs allowed. Those are the two hits he allowed in the two runs. Both came from those two solo shots. Uh, he's now got a six ERA on the year. Uh, that's obviously adjusted for tonight. But there's some teams that are struggling to start the year. That's obviously one team. The Phillies being 0-4, that's a surprise. The Astros being 2-3, that's a surprise. The Angels are 3-1. and one. They've been great. The Mariners are 1-4. People at the Mariners even being really good this year. They are 1-4. I mean, it's early in the year. Things are going to change. I'm not saying with the, team, the way teams are playing right now is going to be everything over the course of the year, and that's the way they're going to finish the season. But sometimes you get up to a hot start. It can help you, obviously, propel you when you're beating teams. Like the Angels, obviously, now beat the Mariners yesterday 7-3. Play the Mariners out of the two games. You have a chance to put the Mariners in a big hole if they were to be 1-6 after the first seven games of the season if the Angels were to win tonight and tomorrow night. Yeah, that was a surprise. I, I know Seattle was picked to be a wild card um, and maybe challenged for the division. But, um, you know, some some players need the warm weather to find their groove. And uh, you get into a slump, and sometimes it takes weeks to get out of it. Yeah, I actually have the Angels making the playoffs. I think they could potentially make an AL pennant run. I think they could make it there. I know a lot of people call me crazy for that, but if you look at their top three starting pitching, it's better than what it was last year. They still had a good bullpen last year. They still have decent pitching. It was just the offense from the five through nine hitters was not there last year. Now they got a lot of production. Obviously, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, two of the best hitters in baseball. I think the two best players in the game. Otani hit 294 in the year, two home runs on the season in back-to-back games now, five RBIs. Gio Rochelle has been hitting well, 294 batting average, adding in two RBIs. Mike Trout to start the year has been unreal, 417 batting average, adding in two doubles, a home run, two RBIs, and six walks with an 833 slugging percentage and a 1465 OPS. I mean, these are some of the best players in baseball right there with Otani and Trout, the two best. That's a team I can always root for. I know you like them as well. Oh, I agree with you 100%. I, I, I'd love to watch Trout and Otani every game. I can't wait for them to come to Fenway Next for that weekend. wraparound series. On a Patriots week, Patriots Day weekend, um, I agree they they could be the two best players in the game. Otani is a generational talent, and and Trout is compared to the great Mickey Mantle. So I mean, it, it doesn't get much better than that. I always say when people say, "Why do you think the Angels could potentially be a team that can make a run?" And I thought they could have done a team that could have done it last year. They just didn't really have the pitching. Obviously, the pitching was decent. They didn't have the hit, you know, the run support, and the obviously the hitting they have now. And that's obviously a big part of the game. You need to be good on offense and defense. You know, pitching obviously helps you win games. But in order to win a championship, you need some offensive help as well. You need some production. You need some run support, you know. But obviously when you have a guy like Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, two talents that you have to be able to root for. I, I don't know how you can root against those two guys considering, as we've pointed out, the two best players in baseball. And every time those two guys step in the field, history could be made. Because you watch two of the best players in the game of baseball. And honestly, two of the best to ever do it in my eyes, talent-wise. Oh, no question. I just hope, especially Trout, that they stay healthy because he, he's been known to be injured um, too many times. You're right. I mean, if you look at what his stats were last year, he had 40 home runs in 119 games. So missing 43 games, he still had 40 home runs. That's nuts. He could have had 55 home runs last year if he played those extra games. 43 games he missed. Yeah, and he still put up those major numbers. Which is nuts. 40 home runs, 283 batting average, 80 RBIs. Obviously a potential MVP candidate every single year he plays and already off to a hot start on the year, which is impressive. Uh, but the Sox, and there's our Brian Reynolds home run. Now they're down 3-1, to one, huh? I think Yeah, I think he's got some record. In, in interleague games against the Red Sox, he's hit a home run in four straight games. I think they showed that graphic from our buddy uh, Alex Bear. This last inning. Four? Yeah, there he is now. Uh, four home runs in, in four games in a row against us. And that's three home runs in his last six at-bats versus the Red Sox. It's crazy. And uh, again, Cavetta's given up two gopher balls, and we, we haven't even got an out in the third inning yet. Yeah, it's, it's tough. That's Randall's fourth home run of the season, so he's obviously had a good power bat to start the year. And that's a guy that's been looking for a contract, and the Pirates haven't wanted to give him a new contract. He's been upset about it. Obviously, he didn't get that contract in the offseason. He wanted, almost sat out of spring training, but he decided to go back and play for the sake of his teammates, even though at some point he could be potentially traded. Good power bat on the market. 27 home runs last year, hitting 262 with an 807 OPS. His big year was 2021 when, he's, when he was an all-star. Eight triples, which led the NL, adding in 24 home runs, 90 RBIs, and a 302 batting average and 912 OPS. 
He was also 11th in the NL MVP vote that year. So that could be a potential guy that has moved. Obviously, the, the Pirates are a team that's rebuilding, rebuilding around a guy like Nelson Cruz. That's a team that could use some prospects, obviously, in return to build their future. So Reynolds could be a guy that's on the move at some point. Yeah, he'd be a great pickup for anybody. As a matter of fact, um, Alex Fear just put up another graphic saying that the Red Sox pitching staff has the highest percentage of throwing the ball in the strike zone. Like 10% of the, I mean, it's what was it, like 10% is like the highest in the league for like giving up go, go footballs, you know? Home runs, yeah. Yeah, they're obviously up there in that. Wonder how many home runs they've given up this year. The starters. I mean, Sale gave up a couple, right? I can tell you right now. Hold on, give me one second here. I have all their stats open here. Pitching on the year overall have given up. Let's see. Cuttercroft gave up three home runs in one start. Chris Sale gave up three home runs in one start. Tanner Hout gave up two home runs in his one start. And then Corey Kluber gave up two home runs in his one yeah. start at opening day. And Pavetta's two is 12 home runs by the start. It, it's the highest in baseball. Pavetta's given up, what, two home runs tonight, correct? Yes. So, so that's he's got 12. three home runs from Pavetta, two from Kluber, that's five, and then two from Hauk, that makes seven, and then six between Crawford and Sale apiece between their uh, you know two starts, three home runs apiece. So you're right. That's eight. They, but they've been hitting their ten, games. 13 home runs have given up between the starting pitching in the first six games of the season. Uh, terrible. Six games, right? Now, what's their record right now? Sox are three and two, right? The fifth game. Oh, yeah. So two and two. So fifth game of the season. Fifth game. You're right. You're correct. Fifth game of the season. I've given up th- they've already given up 13 home runs for their starting pitching. That's something that's got to change. I have more confidence uh, in Chris, G- is Chris Sale. I think he'll turn it around at some point. He looked great in spring training, his first two starts, and then had a little bit of a shaky stretch. But I think he'll find his groove. I think Chris uh, Sale will find it. I'm a big fan of Chris Sale. I can't listen to I, I know he's he's older now. That's 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 a concern. But you know he missed basically two years of pitching. But I mean his fastball's back to like mid nineties. He he just got to stay out of the you know um, the wheelhouse of these hitters and not give up the the deep ball. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, his slider is still really good. You're you're right about that. Still is good movement. And like you said, the Sox are throwing strikes. Their starting pitching has been throwing strikes. If you look at it, Crawford had two walks in his uh, four innings, which isn't great. Two walks for Sale in his three innings. But then you look at Hulk, just one walk in five innings, which is decent. Kluber, four walks in three and third innings pitch. That's unprecedented for, for Corey Kluber. He's typically more accurate of a pitcher. And then Pavetta had one walk allowed in his one, two, third innings pitch. So the walks have been great. But like you said, they've been throwing balls in the strike zone, too. They've been getting turned on. So... Even though you want to throw strikes, you obviously don't want to put it in the you know middle of the strike zone. Like you always said, you want to be able to locate. You always want to be able to locate your strikes. You never want to give a guy an inside pitch that they can turn on middle of the zone. Yeah, I forget what that stat was by Alex Beer, but it, but it just showed the Red Sox staff thus far after like five games is, is the worst as far as giving up home runs, you know? Yeah, that's obviously tough, but... I think things can obviously turn around for them. It's obviously early in the season. If you get, you're getting that offensive production that they've been getting, you can win any game if you could score 10 runs. You should win every game you play if you score 10 runs. You know, heading into tonight, the Sox are the most runs in baseball, averaging 8.25 runs per game, 33 runs total on the year, averaging 11.5 runs per game, which is number two in the game, of, or 11.5 hits per game, which is number two in the game of baseball. Yeah, Very impressive. start the seat. Nine straight, I mean, nine runs in three straight games. I don't remember them ever doing that, especially at the start of a season in terrible, you know, colder weather. You're right. And they've been playing great, obviously, to start the season. The Sox offense has been elite. It's just obviously the defense. Not the defense are pitching. I guess the defense as well, but really they're pitching. You include to tonight, if you include tonight, they're hitting 312 on the year now, which is uh, third best in the game of baseball. Uh, or second best, I guess, in the game of baseball, actually. Second best batting average in the game of baseball, if you include tonight. Before tonight, I believe they were they were still second, uh, but now obviously it's just you know mid game for everyone's at bats. Now they've played five games since tonight is the fifth game, so still the second best batting average in the league. Still the most runs in the MLB, thirty three games, thirty three runs in the first five games, four and a half games. I guess we want to consider tonight four games and change, and are still fourth in baseball with hits and second best in hits per game at 11.5. So the offense has been great, but then you look at their starting pitching, and that's where the issue is right there. It's their pitching to start the year. 28th in ERA in the in the league with a 7.5 ERA. They've been getting strikeouts, 11th best in the game of baseball, averaging seven 
uh, has have the seventh best strikeouts per nine innings in the game of baseball on the year with 9.75 strikeouts per nine innings. Giving up, though, the 27th most hits in the game of baseball and the 26th most runs and the 29th most earned runs, 30 earned runs in the first four games and change on the year. Giving up 10 home runs, which is tied for 29th in the game of baseball on the year. I think uh, coming into the series against the Pirates, I, I think in the Pirates opening, you know, uh, the three games that they played somebody, they scored like a couple of runs in three games. They come to Fenway and they score seven runs in their first game. Yeah. And the Red Sox had a lot of high scoring games against the Orioles to begin the year, to begin the year, yeah. you know? Uh, the Red Sox now a second best, excuse me, second, it's not a great category, but second most home runs allowed in baseball. 11 home runs. It's already 13, right? This is, this isn't even a conference tonight, I don't even think, but right. second most home runs allowed in the game of baseball to begin the year. That was heading into tonight, I believe. And obviously now it adds up more tonight with, you know, those three home runs or two home runs already allowed. I, I you know, I'm not going to give up on the status yet. I mean, Kluber, he's older, but he, you know, but he's a wily old veteran and he, and he's coming off, uh, I think a couple of injuries. Elbow injury, right? yeah. Most of last year with the Rays. Yeah, he played a lot of last year. It was two years that we came off that elbow injury. Uh, but he has been injury plagued though for the last, better than the last two or three years with shoulder injury in 2021. Uh, and then even missed some time with the Yankees as well. And then obviously with the, with the Rays, he was more healthy, but still obviously, you know, wasn't 100%. So you're right. He's been injury plagued. Uh, he was a risky sign, but I mean, they needed, you know, obviously status to fill the rotation. I mean, letting Michael Walker go was, was probably a big mistake. He pitched great here in a tough mark. I think he was 11-2 and two or 13-2. and two. Yeah, I'll tell you his stats right now. And then also Rich Rich Hill as well, they let go. But Walker last year was 11-2. and two. You were right. 3-3-2 ERA uh, was great for the Sox in those 23 starts. And Rich Hill was serviceable as a number three or four for the Red Sox in that rotation last year. On the air, he's a Pittsburgh Pirate, actually. So he's actually right. back in Boston for this series. But 8-7 and seven last year with a 4-2-7 ERA and 26 starts. He was healthy for the most part all last year for the Sox. That's obviously a guy you can root for. He's a great guy. I wish he was starting this series, but um, I guess he's not starting tomorrow either. But that would have been a nice treat because uh, he's he was well-loved here in Boston. Definitely. One thing I want to mention, uh, last thing about the Red Sox. Obviously, Adam Duvall, you brought up his heroic abilities. How about that big game? He had the two home runs, a walk-off home run, bringing the Red Sox back. And yet another game, they're giving up four or five runs early in the game. They find themselves down in the offense Finds a way to get themselves back in the game. Adam Duvall's been great. Probably the best addition on the Red Sox team this offseason, correct? Obviously, Jansen's been good. Martin's been good. Yeah, uh, Sheena's been good, but Duvall's probably been the best one, right? Yeah, I mean, him and Turner, I mean, I, I think they're, you know, their swings and their power in this ballpark, I mean, I, I think they're going to put up, put up huge numbers uh, offensively, you know, home runs and extra base hits. Definitely. I would agree with you there. Uh, one last thing. Before we go, obviously, uh, I'm probably going to close around 8 o'clock and a few minutes left. Um, we can talk about two things. I'll get your predictions on the Masters if you've picked a winner yet. If you haven't yet, no worries. Uh, and then maybe talk about March Madness really quick. Uh, obviously, UConn's a team that you had making a run, I believe, to at least the Elite Eight, right? Yeah, I did. You had them running to at least, at least the, uh, the Elite Eight. And they get that win last night over San Diego State. Their fifth March Madness uh, tournament win ever, so that's their fifth title which is actually tied for fourth most of all time very impressive run for them in the tournament not really many close games for them in the tournament they won by double digits and just about every single game i believe so they went on a hot run obviously beating a team in iona the first round by 24 points then beating st mary's by 15 then beating arkansas by 23 points then beating gonzaga by 18 points beating miami by 13 points and beating the San Diego State Aztecs last night by 17. Impressive run there by Dan Hurley and the uh, UConn Huskies, huh? He did a great job, Dan Hurley. I mean, that team just looked invincible. I don't think anybody could have given them a close game. I, I, I think I read today, um, outside the Big East, they, they probably played 17 games. Their last 17 games outside the conference, they were 17-0 and and won every game by double digits. Very impressive. Definitely. I think San Diego State came out at halftime. They were down 36-24 at half. At one point, I believe it was in that middle stretch of the first half. I think it was around 13 minutes, or probably about 15 minutes in the first half left, to about five minutes left in the first half. They had about an eight- or nine-minute stretch 
where they did not score a field goal. They couldn't. They didn't make a field goal. They made a couple free throws during that stretch. They did not score on a field goal, which was tough, and that's really what put them in a hole. They actually kept it close in the second half and scoring forty to thirty-five in second half scoring, but still lose that game seventy-six to fifty-nine. But very impressive from San Diego State as well. But the story of that game was UConn and their just dominance on both ends of the floor. Tristan Newton was great, nineteen points, ten rebounds, four assists. Adama Sanogo, seventeen points, ten rebounds. Jordan Hawkins at sixteen points. I mean, they could kill you on offense and defense. They can, they can eliminate you on both ends. They seem to have no weakness at all uh, over this whole tournament. Yeah, rebounding was great, too. They out-rebounded San Diego State 41-37. to San Diego State did have the edge, though, in offensive rebounds 15-11, to which that's what UConn was doing great on the offensive rebounds. San Diego State did out-rebound them last night, but the, the story of that game comes down to obviously UConn hitting more shots. Shooting 35% from three compared to 26% from three for San Diego State. And then UConn, obviously, 43% from the floor, 32% from the floor for San Diego State. You look at the stats, obviously it shows that San Diego State was getting dominated. But I think if you watch that game, it felt like more than 17 points, honestly. when that They didn't score a field goal for seven minutes or eight minutes. You know, it just took the life out of them. Even though they had a good second-half run, only being outscored by five points second-half scoring, it just felt like they had no shot. Would you agree? I never thought they had a chance, and and I heard even today that Stephen A. Smith said he wouldn't be surprised if they repeated as champions next year. So um, what a high bar they set. Definitely. Big run there for them. Uh, So obviously congratulations to UConn, their fifth tournament win, uh, which is tied for fourth most of all time. And obviously a local team not too far away from here, so you could root for a team uh, obviously that's close by, but they have the most titles over the last 25 years. That's their fifth title in the last 25 seasons, which is the most in college basketball. Next up after them having five is Duke and UNC with three apiece, and then Kansas, Villanova, Kentucky, and Florida have two apiece in the last 25 years. So they have a lot of dominance in the last five years. UConn, so credit to them and Dan Hurley. Absolutely. Uh, one last thing. The Masters obviously beginning on Thursday. Who do you have winning? Do you have any predictions yet? I said Dustin Johnson. I'm not really too sure yet. I just threw a name out there for now. Who do you got? Do you have any, any anyone that comes to mind? I'm going to probably play a couple. I, I, I wouldn't count out John, John Rahm. Okay. He, he's pretty, and his game is, you know, it's built for the Masters, I think. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Rory McIlroy won. He, he, he needs this to complete the, the Grand Slam of tournaments. But um, I heard today on the radio that someone picked a long shot. Um, I think his name is Hatton. Okay. Um, ATTO when he might be uh you know considerable with the odds um but I, I wouldn't mind playing a long yes. shot uh, I see him England. right now Tyrell Hatton he is an English yep. golfer who do I like I Dustin Johnson I, I just threw a name out there for now I didn't really think too much about it yet uh but obviously it could be wide open it seems like there's a lot of guys you know that are you know similar in the odds there's no really big favorite um but I, I like Rory McIlroy as well obviously he's obviously a favorite uh, and obviously, God's always in there on the top, right? He's always been competitive, and like you said, needs to complete that to you know to complete the Grand Slam. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, there. Uh, so you're rooting for McElroy, and then Hatton could be a guy, an underdog pick with Rom as well, huh? That's how I see it. But I, I heard today that the weather's going to be a factor. It's supposed to be on the rainy side and in the cold side for uh, for Georgia, like like in the fifties, maybe over the like I think Saturday looks like terrible weather. So that certainly could could affect. Most of these guys, and it might be uh, uh, the, the guys that play in Europe, like in, in uh, England or in Scotland, yeah. they might have the bad weather with the rain and the wind, so that, that could benefit some of the European players. Absolutely, I'd agree with you there. But two English guys we just named. Obviously, you named the Hatton guy, uh, Tyrell Hatton, and then also Rory McIlroy, another English golfer. So, um, he, he's Irish, I oh, think. Oh, he's Irish, uh, is he? Yeah, but he's got to be used to that bad weather. Northern right? Ireland, you got it. You drilled it. Yeah. Northern Ireland. I knew he was somewhere around there. Yeah, right. I was thinking England, but you're right. Northern Ireland. Uh, but Hatton is English, so you got that right as well, which I don't know too much about him. Uh, it's a million golfers, so it's tough to keep up. I mean, I keep up more with, you know, the other sports I do with golf. Uh, but there's a lot of names, you know, Brooks Kepka, uh, Molinari, DeChambeau. I mean, you hear all these names every single tournament. Uh, Tiger Woods, obviously another legend. Bubba Watson, you know all those names. Oh, yeah. I think um, the guy that won it last year, too, they, they think should be there, uh, Scotty Shuffler. Yep, he's there. Yeah, I believe he is. He's high, highly ranked. Um, it would be something to win two in a row. It doesn't happen too often. Definitely. And obviously Tiger Woods, he's, I guess, washed up probably. He probably doesn't have too much left in the tank. But 
you know, it's a guy that some people can obviously root for if they don't know much about golf, you know? So, so we'll see what happens. I do like the Hatton pick as an underdog pick. Like you said, you like Rahm and McElroy. I like Dustin Johnson. Uh, I'd root for McElroy as well. And then my underdog pick would be Seamus Power. He's an Irish golfer that I rooted for in the uh, U.S. Open last year when it was a new win. So we'll see what happens. But uh, thank you so much for coming on, Paul. Much appreciated. Always a pleasure having you on. Have you on again maybe in the next week, probably next week, the start of the NBA playing tournament will be next Tuesday night, I believe. I believe it's the 11th. So maybe next Tuesday night, have you come on and give your NBA playoff predictions before the play-in, or maybe we wait for the play-in to be over and then give full predictions. That's probably what we could do. Okay, Joe. We're looking forward to it. Much appreciated, Paul. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. It means a ton. Okay. Have a good night. My pleasure. You as well. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. So there you have it. There's Paul from Southie. Always great having him come on uh, as well. Having Dan in the studio and JD in the studio, John Desworth, Dan Behrens, and then Paul from Southie. Three guests come out, coming on to the show tonight was obviously great uh, and much appreciated. So thank, all, thank, thank you to all three of you guys for coming on. Uh, it does mean a ton. Thank you to Timmy Loftus, always for listening in. Shout out to the whole Loftus family. Shout out to the Keith family. Thank you guys always for listening. To my siblings, my parents, thank you guys for always listening in. The O'Malley family, Auntie Lisa, my Uncle Frankie, and my cousins, Auntie Teresa as well. Thank you guys always for listening. It does mean the world to me. I do appreciate it a ton. Hopefully, I have all you guys come on again. Timmy Loftus, probably the biggest fan of the show. Obviously, giving uh, coming on a few weeks ago and giving his takes did mean a ton to me. And I do appreciate every single uh, week that he listens. Week in and week out, I can always count on him listening in. So, I appreciate it, Timmy. It does mean a lot to me. Uh, thank you always for listening. Uh, does mean a ton. Anyways, it will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening in. I'll give you one last update on the Red Sox before I close. The Sox are down 3-1 to one in the bottom of the fourth inning. I did mention the Phillies as well. They're up 2 to nothing over the Yankees. Phillies looking for their first win of the season. They're 0-4 facing the 3-1 and one Yankees. Uh, and then one last update on another game that I mentioned. Uh, let me see here. Did we mention another game? Maybe we didn't. But regardless, those are the two games that we mentioned. We talked about the Phillies and the Yankees and then the Red Sox and Pirates. Maybe I'll give you guys a Mets update since Dan the Man was in the studio. The Mets are down 2 to nothing to the Milwaukee Brewers in the bottom of the second inning. The Brewers getting runs from a Brian Anderson double scoring Christian Yelich and Willie Adamas in the first inning. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of what's going on in the MLB tonight. The Celtics will be playing against the Philadelphia 76ers. That game's already started. The Sixers are up 7-2 in the first two minutes of the game. James Hodges hit a step-back three-pointer to give the 76ers a 3-2 lead, a 7-2 lead in that game. Just only two minutes into the game. Still a lot of game left there. Uh, there are the updates there on the Celtics and the Red Sox. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Much appreciated as always. I hope you guys all have a great Easter. Hope you guys all have a great rest of the week. Uh, hopefully you guys all have a great Easter and spend it with your families. If you do celebrate, I will be back in the studio next Tuesday night on April 11th here on WZBC AM Sports Radio from 7 to 8 o'clock. Thank you guys as always. I appreciate it. Hope you guys all have a great rest of your night. Have a great, happy Easter. Thank you.